Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY hi my name is jonathan and i'm the founder of the gateway to freedom workshop i want to invite you to join us at our next workshop coming up may 4th through the 6th in florida just outside the most magical place on earth orlando so call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY that's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio with your hosts, Jonathan and Stephen. This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and this is my good buddy, Stephen Cervantes here. So how are you, Stephen? I am well, thank you. No, actually, I'm lying. I was sick as a dog last night. But yeah, so this morning, I'm better. You're doing, uh, you're doing better now. If you're, if you're one of our viewers, uh, we just want to let you know, listen, we've, you know, for the last six months, we've just been kind of figuring out, hey, listen, what's going to work, what's not? And so we have just simplified the setup. So you're going to get one shot of the both of us at the same time. Listen, we just, the others was too complicated, (laughs) not good enough quality. And this is just, we want to keep things simple. If you think about, if you've been a listener for any amount of time, kind of the way we like to do things is simple, right? We want to keep things simple. So uh, hopefully this will be a better setup for the long term. So Stephen, um, I'm kind of excited about this program because we're going to be able to sort of revisit um, uh, something that had occurred last year. Yes. And so I want to let you set it up because now this is sort of like a a whole next phase for this issue of awakening. Yes. Um, Don't you think before you make a change, you have to have some kind of awakening? Mm -hmm. You can't just keep your head down and, and trudge your way through life. You know, every now and then you stop, you look up, and you go, where am I? What's going on? And what's good about this? What's not so good about this? But, And so I think there are awakening moments where you put pieces together. And that's sort of a phase that God has me in right now with men. What was, he, what was the moment of awakening? What, what, what stirred him? What caught him? What helped him? So I'd like to first say thank you to the Gateway Men those are men that have attended the workshop and have been willing to say, sure, use my story. We never say names. We don't try to point anybody out, embarrass anybody. But stories are powerful. We're made up of stories. And so when a brother says, yeah, you can tell my story, you know, that is one man blessing a thousand men. Mm. So to that man, I say thank you. And to the thousand that are going to be blessed, you know, receive from your brother. 
And I also think that like heaven smiles when the brothers are encouraging each other. Oh, yeah. And I hope that that's what happens this morning. Yeah, and so um, just to set this up, uh, listeners, last year— uh, we actually aired the first sort of uh, the first awakening uh, episodes in on November 25th and December 2nd of 2017. So actually, if you go to puresexradio.com and go to the archives and go to the full archive section that goes all the way back to 2005, if you go through the 2017 broadcast, if you look up the uh, two-part broadcast called The Moment of Awakening, and it was aired on November 25th and December 2nd. You can kind of get the framework of the foundation of what we're going to be talking about here today. Because well, this is the first part of the, the story. First, yeah, right? exactly. It's... So, because this is kind of the next yes. level or the next step. So, if you want to get that, go to the puresexradio.com website into the full archives. And uh, it's called The Moment of Awakening in 2017. So, we're calling this my second awakening. Mm hmm. Because I had the opportunity to have a conversation with a brother, and I'm going to share some of his thoughts. This is what he said. I thought my first awakening would be the only one. Well, it was not. The first awakening shook me to my core. It was an aha moment that brought great relief. I learned, after going to a Gateway weekend, that my emotional system was not fully developed. And as soon as I learned that, I went home and I made the announcement to my wife. And I love this. He says, he went home and said to his wife, I am an emotionally underdeveloped man. And then he said, we laughed and we cried and we hugged. Isn't that great? I think there's, uh, there's probably a lot of wives out there that, uh, that maybe are wishing that their husbands would make such a de- declaration. That's powerful. That that's, is a powerful statement. Because, you know, yeah. it, it almost seems like a, um, uh, you know, that kind of a statement almost feels like it could be depressing. Oh, my goodness. He's an emotionally underdeveloped man. But for him to confess it, what a huge moment of, like you said, awakening, right? Yeah, but I think it's like when you have a sickness, but you don't know what it is. Right. I don't know yeah. what it is. I don't know what it is. And he said, I had this aha moment, right? Mm-hmm. And... And I get it. I get why I act the way I act, you know, because he said we laughed and we cried and we hugged and hope and joy returned. And we were close again mm. over that one little piece of information. I had some insight about myself. Mm. But he said life has a funny way of, of just letting you settle back into your old ruts. We all know that, don't we, you know? Mm-hmm. First, you go to work, and then you do a little few chores, you travel, and you work on projects, and your time is all filled. And without realizing it, he said, I stopped growing, and I stopped owning my emotional brokenness. Mm. That's big, because here he just declared, okay, earlier, by saying, I am emotionally underdeveloped, what's he doing? He's owning that. He's recognizing. He's, he's not... He's not there have probably been maybe other people throwing hints at him that he's emotionally underdeveloped, right? Mm-hmm. Usually a wife will drop hints or maybe yes. just be direct. But for him to declare it, there was an ownership there. But what he's saying is there's drift that yes. happens, right? Just life kind of gets in the way. There may be temptations. Uh, just, And it might not even be necessarily sinful or negative things necessarily at first. It's just focus drifts, right? Yeah. 
And this is nine months later, nine months after the first awakening. He's saying, you know what happened in the last nine months? Life happened. Mm-hmm. Work and chores and tasks and duty and children and running and cars and grass. and So maybe one of the points here then is to recognize that um, if you're emotionally underdeveloped, the confession is essential for the ownership, but the confession alone doesn't change the emotional underdevelopment. That's true. Yes, you can have that confessional moment and the awakening. Right? And that's good. You yes. need that in order to own what the issue is. Mm-hmm. But in the same way, like you were talking about an illness, in the same way with an illness, a diagnosis alone does not cause change mm-hmm. for the illness, right? You actually need right. treatment, and then you need to abide by that treatment. So he said, I stopped owning my emotional awareness. And he said, well, I thought it was better, you know, good enough. Um, sure, I was still at poor at connecting and bonding, or said differently, our talking was weak. We didn't have great conversations. We got busy with life, and life had a, has a way of marching forward with busyness filling every day. And I have to admit, I took my eye off the ball, and my emotional growth stopped. Work occurred and life happened. I always knew there was more emotional work to be done. It was so clear in the beginning. I did notice the more I entered this coasting phase, the more small conflicts grew. And these little squabbles that we had were left unresolved. And knowing something is wrong is one thing. And knowing what to do and doing all the hard work, well, that's different. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I find it easy to get tired and lazy and distracted. But I was good for several months, and wasn't that enough? And Mm. I like comfort. And I don't know if you know this, but ruts offer a level of comfort. And I never went all the way back to my old thinking. But I did stop thinking and talking about emotional growth. Okay, so there's a lot here that I think is important to unpack. One of the things that really jumps out to me is that idea of, you know, knowing what to do and doing all the hard work is different than just knowing that something's wrong. And and, uh, Two different big concepts. Something's wrong, and what do I have to do to make it right? Yeah. And I can totally identify with this guy because I have a, oh, I have a very strong propensity towards laziness. <laughs> I mean, I, I can I can be lazy with the best of them, and so I, I have a talent. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. What is your gifting from God? Yeah, I exactly. can be lazy. That's funny. Well, and I like the way you actually put it there in terms of like uh, a talent because that that is what comes naturally to us, right? So I think you could say that all of us, to some degree, are talented towards apathy or <laughs> talented towards drift and, and selfishness. Mm. So what that means then is that emotional development is not a talent, it's a skill. Oh, that's good. Right? That's right. So it doesn't come naturally really to any of us. If you think about what's required, even even we talk sometimes about women being a little more um, hardwired towards the emotional and being able to to talk and and deal in the emotional realm, Mm -hmm. even there, um, it's still a skill. 
It's it's a skill for a, even a woman to grow in terms of emotional connection because simply being emotional doesn't necessarily doesn't always equal emotional maturity. Right. So all of this to say, I think what he's getting at here is he's recognizing I couldn't have just a singular kind of powerful moment in time where this was revealed without then engaging a path of developing a skill of becoming more developed. And that's a good way. It's a pathway. It's this time continuum that continues. It doesn't stop, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Emotional growth, and remember, when we say emotional growth, we always mean emotional spiritual growth. Right. They're the same thing, right? They're inter... You can't separate love and forgiveness and kindness. It's a spiritual, emotional thing. So, So that's why we... But we say emotional because that's the language men need to use, Uh, The whole idea that it's a practice of emotional growth and development skills. And I got to tell you, on the way over this morning, I had this thought. Here is, most guys don't know what to do in an emotional moment. Mm. And I'm going to tell you right now what to do in an emotional moment. 50% of success is being there. Mm. Just show up with your body and your mind and be there. Just really be there and sit there with your wife. That's 50% of success. The other 25% would be act in a way that brings comfort to whoever you're sitting with. Don't just be there and be angry, but, but be present and be restful and be attentive and just attend to them. And then the other 25% would be help them with their problem. Ask questions and and try to get them to think about what's going on and sort of reflect back what they're feeling. Okay. So 50% just show so, up. Okay, so yeah, be there, be present. Yes, because some people go, I don't have time, I'm watching TV, this is a big game, or I've got to go, I'm, I can't put my computer down, i got the paper in front, whatever. I'm mm-hmm. not really present with you, Well, No, no, be present, Well, Go and ahead. Then, and then the other to or bring comfort. That's bring, 25%. Comfort. And then the last one is just help them actually resolve their problem. And we'll talk about it, engage the problem, ask questions about the problem. So what I'm, what I'm hearing here that I think is really important in terms of the skill development part, yes. in terms of what to do in an emotional moment, is all of this has uh, the focus on the other person. Right? Yes. Because being there is me saying, I'm going to sacrifice everything that I was doing to be present. Bringing comfort is certainly a sacrificial type of a gesture. And certainly then trying to help them is saying, and this this to me makes me think of Philippians 2 when it talks about, you know, consider others' needs more important than your own. Wow. And all I'm saying is in that moment, it's not saying that your needs as an individual are unimportant, but in that moment when there's an emotional need in somebody else, it's recognizing in that moment, I'm going to consider their needs. And use my my emotional skills and develop myself, right? Yeah. Because I'm telling you, to offer the 25% of comfort and rest, it's helpful just to be with someone and to sort of talk and hit the other person, just be restful. Now what, and what I'm hearing here, too, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, is maybe in the bringing comfort and the helping them, that's where the talking comes in. That's right. Being you, present is just like, hey, listen, physically, I'm just going to stop doing what I'm doing to be yeah. present. But the 25% of comfort means I'm glad here, I'm here with you and I want to listen to you and, 
and whatever you say is okay. I'm going to accept that. And and what's going on? And with you, you know that language that it's about you. It's not about me. It's about you. And I can be here to be useful to you, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, what, you think about what do we do in uh, when we go to the hospital, and they're there for days. Well, you just sit with them, right? Right, and 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 you your your presence is comforting. And if they want to talk, they talk. And if they don't, just your presence is comforting. Now, let, let's flip this around because we're talking about this man here, right? Mm-hmm. Who he's talking about how, listen, I had drift. You, you can say right. here, I, I like comfort. Ruts offer a type of comfort <laughs> yes. there. So let's flip this 50, 25, 25 and realize, because on, on one perspective, we're saying, okay, to the man here, this is what you need to do in an emotional moment with your wife and these kinds of things. Yes. But let's flip this around and say, you know, it's just as important that when he is the recipient and needs to have this kind of response from his wife, how does a man get better at receiving this? Because I can tell you, for when you talk about ruts offer a certain level of comfort, that's isolating behavior. That's that's, right. and I can tell you that that from personal experience, sometimes I'm not that good at receiving mm. the presence and comfort and help from my wife. And so, how does a man grow in that area? Because I would imagine this guy. If he's emotionally underdeveloped, he's not only probably pretty poor at giving the presence it's and comfort true. and help, yeah. he's probably not as good at receiving it as well. Mm-hmm. So what instruction might you give to a guy in terms of how to receive the presence, comfort, and help of his wife? Well, I think you answer your own question when you say receive, because that's the word, right? Mm. So the tendency, if if we were not engaged well as children and brought in and comforted well, then we don't know what to do in that moment. So when somebody comes to offer us comfort, you know, it's like, what, what you is out it? Yeah. yeah, you saw what you just did. It's like, what, 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 what do you want? Why are you here? What do you want? And so we'll, we'll, we'll you know, deflect it. We'll try to avoid it. We'll try to make jokes about it, right? Because, one, we're not good that good at connecting, but that's mm-hmm. the very thing we need to do. So, so to think about it is okay. It's this is practice connecting. One, this is where I receive. Two, and just this is very awkward. But the awkwardness probably means this is growth going on. Mm-hmm. Stay in the awkward discomfort for a little bit, right? And receive, and just repeat. I receive. I receive. I receive. And it's I a think blessing. I receive. Yeah, and I guess. Um, I guess that's a good thought there in terms because the when you were saying that the first thing that popped into my mind you know I have such a history with uh, with sports and so when we're talking about skill and practice when you said practice I was thinking hey that's maybe a good trigger word in the mm. sense of like okay when there's a moment where I need to receive and maybe this is good for men out there who kind of think in sports terms too is is when you are in a moment where you need to receive presence comfort and and help from your wife then when she's seeking to offer it, maybe we need to tell ourselves, hey, this is practice. This is practice for getting better at being emotionally mature That's and a great, developed. Pick one word, practice, growth, receive. Pick one word. And in the discomfort, say, okay, I know what this is, right? Because when because that'll keep you from running away. That's it'll, exactly. It'll keep you just, I mean, you're the one that says it all the time. Stay, stay, stay. You know, <laughs> stay in the moment. And, yes, and see what happens next, and work and receive. Yeah. And then the rhythm and the bonding and and the back and forth. Because you're absolutely right. It goes both ways. If there's mm-hmm. somebody giving, 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 right? That person sort of would like it to come back when they break down. 
Yeah, because if you think about it, if we have, we're, you're talking here about a husband and wife, if uh, we take that Philippians 2 passage where it says, consider others' needs more important than your mm-hmm. own, well, what happens if we're both doing that? We're offering yeah. comfort and presence and help to each other. Yes. So if it's, yes. if it's, if it's imbalanced one, one direction or it's, if it's only coming in one direction— then it's going to throw things into yes. an imbalance. And there. so back to the story. Yeah. If you don't know that rhythm of closeness because you've never had it, then he had his awakening moment and he said, I know what to do. And he starts to do it. But then he, he drifts because once you really experience a great bonding moment, it's like, whoa. Let's do that again. That right, was really yeah. good. I was really fully present. You were present. It was very safe. I felt connected. You know, if we're made for oneness, then we're right there in the essence of who God is, mm-hmm. being one. So, but life happens. So yeah, he says, then he, then he stopped thinking and talking about emotional growth. So That's I want right. to know what happens next. Yeah, yeah. So let me review. He said, I stopped. I thought good enough was good enough. I stopped growing. I, I got lazy, distracted, and tired. And, and I just did not keep it in the forefront of my mind that I got to work on emotional growth. So... <clears throat> I also quit a recent habit of journaling my thoughts. I'm capturing my thoughts. I'm writing them down. And in that, uh, in that time, several weaknesses all converged. One is I never asked anyone to hold me accountable for growth. Mm. We talk about accountability, right, working with men. And it's really hard to find good training material for men on emotional growth. Okay, well, well, you know, you can find a devotional book for everyday devotional, mm-hmm. you know. You can find lots of material, but what what can a guy practice every day? What's a skill that, I mean, where's material remind me to practice? Well, and the thing about that is there's, there's uh, m- so many things that are directed toward, uh, toward, towards men's growth are, are not focused on the emotional aspect. Keep going with that thought. That's interesting. Well, you mentioned earlier, This I, I love the fact that you make uh, emotional and spiritual completely overlapped and integrated with one another, mm-hmm. whereas I think there's a lot of even Christian resources out there that are trying to um, give practical uh, tools for men to grow in their spiritual disciplines, mm. but it's but almost like it's disconnected from yeah. their emotional growth. And, and what you have mm. learned, and which I think is really good, is that you can't, fu- you can't functionally really separate those two. Your emotional and your spiritual being are interlinked. They're interlocked with yes. one another. Like when you said love, well, is that an emotional or a spiritual term? Yes. <laughs> when you say uh, kindness, mm-hmm. well, is that an emotional or spiritual term? When you say fear, is mm-hmm. that an emotional or spiritual term? So it's like... You got it. And so so many guys, they kick their spiritual development, and I'm putting that in air quotes for everybody, <laughs> into this um, uh, this completely other category that's mainly just about the disciplines. Like, do I pray every day? Do I read my Bible? Which all those things are good. But it's also individual. But it's also academic a lot of times. Oh, that's good. And so and it's not... It, and it's not an emotional, right? Mm-hmm. It's not emotional training. So this guy is right? recognizing one of the things that he had been doing practically that was very helpful for him was actually journaling his thoughts. That is a practical thing that can help a guy unpack, yes. not just from an academic standpoint, but like what is going on in my guts? What's going on in my soul? And when he, when he drifted from that, 
some other things drifted as well, right? He drifted from any kind of accountability or any kind of, you know, when you think about that accountability, which the way we teach it, it's really life on life, right? It's not mm. just a checklist of saying, did you do this or did you not do that? Right. It's really engaging life. What is that? That's emotional connection, right? That's right. Accountability right. in its best form is an emotional connection with another person who cares for you and wants to see you grow and develop. Right, because I don't want to just know you behaviorally. Right. Right. I want to know that your whole life works. That means, did you do anything wrong behaviorally? But how is your system doing? How mm-hmm. are you doing emotionally, spiritually, right? Mm-hmm. So he, remember, this is nine months later, and Jonathan and I are having side conversations right in the middle of the story. Yeah. So I hope you can stay up <laughs> with us here, folks. But uh, he said, I started strong, and now it's nine months later. But I did not stay strong. Little chores of busyness filled my days. As a result, my marriage drifted downward. We both went back to feeling alone. I was empty. And I was so alone, disconnected from my bride. And this is the perfect formula for trouble. And in that mess, I got distracted. And I let my mind wander. And fantasy and escaping thoughts filled my head. The old can I, stuff. You and know? can I stop yeah. you there? Because this is certainly, listeners uh, and viewers, this is going to turn into a two-parter. <laughs> okay. And I really think this is sort of the best place mm. to make the transition because, um, we, not to give a spoiler here, but, you know, there is something coming <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't, <laughs> I guess, on this guy's radar. Yeah. That wasn't expected, but I see some key words in here that apply to the the um, kind of the disconnect and the emotional issues going on when he says, I was empty. Yes. And I think the real the realization that we have to come to when it comes to this idea of emotional development and emotional maturing is, first, we said it's a skill, right? It's not something that... You're not going to drift towards emotional maturity. <laughs> That's a great right? thought. You can't no. coast toward it. You have That's to actually right. work toward it. And you can't take a pill and just have it. Yeah. Right? But the other thing, too, is I think he's getting some great insights that maybe he wouldn't have gotten had he not had that awakening initially of, I'm an emotionally underdeveloped man. Mm. Because would he have been able to recognize the drift that was occurring? Would he have been able to recognize, I'm not journaling as much anymore, and that had value? Would he have been able to even yes. say... I know what emptiness feels like had he not had this emotional awakening. So I don't want to discount the original awakening, even though this guy drifted and started to feel empty again. But I think. But you're saying there's value in that moment. That because was I think it gave him perspective for some of the things that were happening now in the drift. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Well, and the drift represents the old life, right? Mm-hmm. So he has a new vision, a new goal, he has new language, he's doing new skills. And then, you know how life sort of says, isn't that good enough? Isn't that, haven't we done it long enough? Why don't you rest and go back? You know how comfortable the old way is. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing to look at this that I think is important to realize is there are are thresholds of growth that we can hit and cross Mm -hmm. in in our marriages. Like, for instance, when he had just the awakening of, I'm an emotionally underdeveloped man, that was a new threshold for his marriage to cross. And he even said they cried, they hugged. This was a good moment of yeah. recognizing something has moved forward in our relationship, even yes. though it, at the moment it feels like there's stuntedness there. Right. So the thing is, is now when he's feeling empty and he's saying that my, my marriage drifted downward, 
What is that? They'd passed a threshold that gave them a new baseline for health in their relationship. Right, so, and they could hold that new base, right? But it's hard to hold something that's brand new and you don't. It's not and it's hard to hold something that you stop working on, right? And then you stop it, working on it because and, it's not comfortable and old and repetitive and routine. And, and it's interesting because he says, and the old stuff starts filling my head again, fantasy, mm-hmm. escaping. I'm alone. Nobody's taking care of me. I don't feel loved. Right, and isn't that when we go act stupid in our pain that we feel alone and unworthy and isolated that we make up a fantasy of great connection? Mm-hmm. So, in our last minute here, uh, what would just be some of the takeaways you would give to folks? And, and folks, we are going to continue the story next time mm-hmm. and give a little bit more. But I, I, my big takeaway is what you had said about the fifty twenty five twenty five when it comes to responding in an emotional moment and that idea of just first of all be there that's half of being able to respond well in an emotional moment is be there be present and then 25 percent is to bring comfort offer comfort and then the last 25 percent is to seek to help the other person as best you can Mm -hmm. but that works both ways right we need Mm -hmm. to learn also how to receive that how do we receive the presence comfort and help of our of our spouse or another person who cares. And about whenever us. you feel un- discomfort, you're right on something, right? Mm-hmm. Use your discomfort to recognize something's happening right now. Why am I not enjoying this or pressing in? Why do I want to run? What scare me? Why am I tense in my body? Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Well, listeners, we are always glad that you're with us. And uh, if you want, if you've got a story that you need to tell, and and uh, you can identify with this guy or this relationship that he's in, please contact us. Um, you can reach out to us through our website at puresexradio.com, or you can uh, follow us on Twitter and, and connect with us there at Pure Sex Radio. Uh, but until next time, we hope you have a great week, and we'll see you back here again on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Keep growing. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.